one of the women said, you should do a class on this. I'm like, what? A class on social media? Welcome back to the Career Therapy Podcast, everybody. My name is Martin McGovern, and I will be your host. And today we have an amazing guest, Jessica Williams, uh, second time, I believe, on the podcast. How are you doing, Jessica? I'm really good. How about you? I'm doing well. Uh, I'm just going to introduce you from your LinkedIn uh, headline. So Jessica is on a mission to help 1,000 women start their hashtag side hustles by 2030. Read Jess picks for weekly weekly tips and resources. But Jessica, as we jump into this, uh, you know things are always changing. So I'll ask you the most uh, infamous interview question. Tell us about yourself. Mm. Oh wow! I actually <laughs> like that question. <laughs> and it's 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 the first day back from New Year's, so you know I'm putting you on the hard the in the hot yes, seat. Yes, thanks. Thank you for asking me the hard question uh, in the New Year. Um, so yeah, so I, well, I guess I kind of do a lot of things, right? So I um, I work at a company called Anyet, which is based out of Washington, and I'm on their growth team. Um, I'm also an experience coordinator for SDI, which is, techno- which is a technology consulting company in Chicago. Um, and then on the side, I help other people start side hustles. And um, my main way of doing that is through my newsletter uh, that I do every week with tips and resources to help, I guess, kind of help get through all the overwhelm that can um, stop people from starting a side hustle. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think that covers it today. It absolutely <laughs> does. And, and that's really what I want to dig into because you and I have known each other for a couple of years now. And, uh, yeah. you know, you've been incredibly consistent with your newsletter um, and mm-hmm. with helping people with their side hustles. And you just hit a milestone of getting advertising, paid advertising, right? Yes, I did. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Super cool. And, and, you know, it's been really cool to watch you grow it over these years. And I know that as we sort of continue to see the job search and, and people's careers become more and more branded where people are treating their jobs like companies or like side projects or all these different things, kind of treating themselves as a company and a brand, um, there's a lot of noise out there about what you should or shouldn't be doing. And some people mm-hmm. say you should start YouTube channels. Some people say you should blogs. Some people say you should create newsletters and, and, you know, everyone is going to have their own thing that they gravitate to and you gravitated toward Mm -hmm. newsletters. So I'm really excited to hear that story of, you know, where you started, how you got to where you are today, what the iterations look like. Um, but just bring us all the way back to the beginning. When did you first get the idea to even create an email list? Oh boy. Um, way back when. So, um, I started my side hustle back in 2011 and, um, at the time I didn't really know what I was doing. I just, uh, I just wanted to help women with technology. Like I, that was kind of the plan. Right. And, um, you know, as I started blogging and, um, you know, putting content out there, I kept, I think I heard that the email lists were important back then. I think that's why I started one. Um, but, back then it was like, what do I do with it? Like, what do I do with this email list? I never knew what to do with it. It was just like, okay, well, I'll just do updates for my blog, which is basically how it started. Like you'll get my latest articles um, from my blog every week. And actually, depending on your email service provider, you can set that and forget it, right? Like you can set it up once and it'll automatically send out every week or 
however often you want to email your subscribers. Uh, so I did that for a long time. And then I think it was a couple years into the side hustle that um, when I was actually making money with the side hustle, um, I had this idea um, because I had an email list on MailChimp at the time. And um, a lot of people came to me for help with MailChimp stuff. So I basically wanted to make a training to help people get started with MailChimp. Uh, I called it Get Comfy with the Monkey, which the name nice. is still so good, which I need to <laughs> use it for something. Because like every time I say it, I'm like, oh, that's that was just such good naming on my part. Um, <laughs> but it was like a five-day... Um, challenge basically to set up your uh, email list and set up your like the gift that people get when when um, you get subscribers to your email list. Um, so that is probably when I set that up as my opt-in gift, right? So when people subscribe to my email list, they receive this course. That's probably when I got my most subscribers. And by most subscribers, I'm talking like 200, right? Mm -hmm. So um, and, and my email list kind of stayed around that number for a long time. Um, so along in there, I also had changes in my actual job life, right? So I, you know, I got laid off in there. I started a new job in there. Um, I quit a job in there. I started another new job. And um, so while all that was happening, my newsletter may hear from me every once in a while because it's like, I'm not even sure what I'm doing. The side hustle kind of had to take a break a couple times because of everything happening in my day job life. Um, and it wasn't until I started one of those jobs. Um, I was about six to nine months in. And I was like, basically the thought process was my people haven't heard from me in a long time. I'm not sure what I'm doing with the business anymore because I, I find that like my motivations for my business changed as kind of my career started to change. And so then it's like, I'm not really sure what I want to do with it yet, but I know that I still want to provide value and help people. Um, and so I started, it was kind of like a, a series of things kind of came together all at once. I had um, seen this whole like curated newsletter thing done by a couple of people, which I thought was really cool. Um, I had jumped on this $49 lifetime subscription to this review service um, because it was a deal in this lifetime. So why not? Because I'm like, oh, maybe this could be cool. This could be useful to me at some point. Um, and then it was like, I want to do something for my people. What can I do for my people? And, you know, somehow like all of that kind of converged. And then I had the idea, well, how about I just do a curated newsletter? And I could just, I'm curating anyways, because I'm always sharing stuff on social media anyways. It's kind of part of my system. Nothing that I really think about, I just do it. So it's like, how about I just make it more of a, you know, make it a formatted newsletter, um, kind of like some that I had seen at that point. Um, and I could do five things every week. I think I started out with five things um, and then see how it goes. And it's like, if I can do this every week, then that would be great. And so, um, just picks came i'm not sure where just picks came from but i used it like once or twice in the past and it just kind of stuck um and i'm like okay i'm going to call it just picks because it's like my picks for the week right okay and <laughs> um so this was i think it was july i think i want to say july 2016 and um yeah and then i sent out the first email list so i basically took those 250 ish subscribers from mailchimp brought them over to review um, and then kind of said, hey, this is 
what's going to be the thing. I'm just going to round up the best articles found this week. Um, and that'll be the thing going forward. And that was essentially kind of my intro. And I had um, included a few articles at the time. Uh, one was on side hustles, of course. And yeah, so that's pretty much how it started. That's awesome. And so as you were, <laughs> yeah. as, as there's a lot to take in there and I'm trying to sort through it, but when, when you sat down and you, you know, I think there's a couple of things in there that, that I think are really cool to call out. The first one is you started creating your email list before you really knew where it was going to end up in the future, right? It was yes. a, a piece of advice you'd received and you just kind of got started. And I think that there's there's this big resistance that happens a lot when we get advice online, right? Where mm -hmm. we go, yes, I know I need to do that. But then we hear 10 other pieces of advice. And we're like, I need to yes. do that too. And that too, and start mm -hmm. a Facebook group and create a, and all of a sudden you're overwhelmed by the sheer number of things. And, and each thing has about a dozen other things that go along with it. So um, how did, what, was there something about newsletters that really, caught you or were there other things that you tried that you kind of let go by the wayside as well? Um, the thing about newsletters or just, I guess your email list, um, I think it was it's something you own, mm -hmm. right? Like there's social media, but social media can change on a dime. Um, and the followers can be gone. You know, you've heard stories about people losing all their followers in like a day because some algorithm changed. Um, so I think for me, it was like, okay, you have to build an email list because these are people that want to hear from you. They've said they want to hear from you um, and it's something that you own. And I think that's why it was important to me to focus on that even in the beginning, right? Like, it's like, I don't know what to send them except my blog at the time. I was blogging a little bit more regularly back then. So it made sense. Um, but it's like, I want to build this list of people who are interested in what I have to say, who've basically said yes email me, tell me all the things. Awesome. And, and w when you started blogging, let's go even further back. What, what sure. inspired you to start blogging in the first place? Um, so I was, so my background is in um, the network engineering world. Uh, so kind of hardcore tech person here. Um, but what I realized is, I guess I've always had this idea that I would start a business, um, but I never knew what to do. Um, and in actually in 2011, when I, when I started my blog, I went to this conference for women entrepreneurs and women who wanted to be entrepreneurs. Um, and it was, first of all, if you get in a room with other women, I know you don't quite understand, but if you get in a room with other women, it is amazing. It's just like, just all this great energy, great juju, like all the things. And, um, I was like, well, I don't have an idea, but maybe I'll be inspired. Um, I was feeling really burnt out with my job and just like looking for some inspiration. And um, we spent a lot of time at the conference talking about social media and using it for business. Uh, this was 2011. So it was kind of a novel concept back then. And um, so there were these women who were just so intimidated by creating a Facebook page, like, they're just like, I couldn't possibly do that. That's too technical for me. And it was just, it was so surprising to me, probably because I had a tech background. I'm just like, oh, you just do this and this and this. And it's like, not that, that hard. And I found myself doing that quite a lot. 
and um, and just basically sharing the things that I knew about like Facebook and Twitter and all this kind of stuff. And one of the women said, you should do a class on this. I'm like, what? A class on social media? Um, you know how sometimes it's like you feel like you have to be an expert to teach something. Yeah. It's like, I'm definitely not a social media expert. Um, but after, you know, after going to that conference, after kind of having a few of those conversations, and sitting with it, I'm just like, well, I know things that can help these women. So let me start sharing what I know. And then that became the Tech Biz Girl blog. Um, and that's how it started. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's funny that whole teaching thing. It's, you know, I heard this great quote, I think, uh, I think my dad may have said it years ago, but it's like, he, he was going to teach a, a class and uh, I believe my my mom was like, well, what do you know about that? And he's like, well, I know more than that. <laughs> and that's all and I that's need to all, know. Yeah, exactly. And, and that that's level perfect. of confidence is always hilarious to me. And, and I think there's, um, you know, as as we look at how all this stuff sort of comes together and pieces together over time, I think it's cool that you put this newsletter or you put you had the email list to start with and then you evolved mm -hmm. it into a newsletter. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you were going through a lot of, transitions you said at the time too, career transitions yes. life transitions and one of the things that I think is so great about side hustles and the work that you do and and about creating an email list for yourself is is it gives you something to come back to that's not yes. tied to your job right um so yes. often I see you know people will be you know working at a place I talked to someone earlier today she's been a, she was in a job for 20 years and was let go. And now she has to reinvent mm -hmm. everything from scratch. And, um, you know, your company almost gives you your reputation, your identity, and, and your, your security, your financial, everything. So people will mm -hmm. leave that job, get laid off or, or go through a quit or a transition. And suddenly they've just got this, you know, vast emptiness of, of a day to fill. And yes, in your case, you know, you at least had things to go back to, to work on your own projects mm -hmm. to keep you centered. So, you know, when did that, was that strategic? Was that just, oh, hey, look, this all just kind of happened out to, to work out well. What, what was your sort of experience of that? Um, well, as somebody who um, your earlier conversation uh, spurred something in me because I had worked at a company for 15 years and I got laid off. And I totally get the whole sense of identity all wrapped up in the job. And I was kind of like, oh my God, this is insane. Um, but to answer your question, um, I, when I started my blog and my side hustle, I was, uh, like I said, I was on a client account. I was very burnt out and I was like, oh God, there has to be more to life than this, you know, that ultimate question. And when I started blogging, like I just had this renewed sense of energy, right? Like the day job didn't seem so bad. And, you know, I could go home and stay up till midnight. And it's weird how sometimes it's like, how do you find energy to work on a side hustle? It actually gives you energy, right? Like if, it, if you're passionate about it, all that kind of stuff. So, um, so yeah, you know, I, I just kind of started it and I built it from there and it was great for my just overall me-ness, right? And, um, Actually, I was at that job um, when I started it. So when I was laid off, um, which was probably a couple years after I started my side hustle, yeah, my confidence, my identity, like all that stuff took a hit. However, I still had side hustle stuff to do and that did keep me centered. Um, 
and it did make me a little money too, right? Um, it made me a little money. It kept me centered. It gave me something to do. So I wasn't like wallowing in self-despair um, after the layoff. Layoffs really screw with your head, I have to say. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it, it definitely kept me grounded and kept me sane and, and gave me something to do. And um, while I was looking for what was next. So it, it just kind of worked out right it, it it wasn't strategic or anything it worked out but i think going through that experience and having the side hustle there just kind of made me realize that like it's always good to have more than one stream of income because you never know what's going to happen so it's always good to have multiple streams whether that's a side hustle whether that's you know real estate whether you know whatever that is um just to have more than one stream of income because yeah. i think as we a lot of us have learned just in the past year, right? Like you never know what's going to happen and how quickly you can lose something. I like the way you phrase that because it's, it's not necessarily strategic in the way that people think about being strategic where they're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to set up these dominoes perfectly and they're all just going to fall exactly <laughs> how I expect, right? Strategy, mm-hmm. and and this is where I think it's so funny where people talk about luck. You know, they, they yeah. say, oh, I got lucky. Yeah, well, I saw you job search for the last 10 months and it didn't look like luck every single day that you were putting in the effort or, you know, right. oh, I got lucky and I and I made that connection that got me that, you know, investment or something like that. It's like, well, it didn't yeah. seem like luck when you spent the last 10 years networking every single day in order to get there. And, and I think that that's similar to strategy. It's like, uh, did you have a clear strategy? It's like, well, I knew that these behaviors would lead to good outcomes regardless of the environment. And I'm mm-hmm. going to do those behaviors and, you know, I don't know where, I don't know when, but good things will likely, will be more likely to happen. It's, and that, that I guess that people would say that's like creating your own luck and things like that. But what are yes. your views on how luck plays into these things? Oh, wow. Um, I don't know. I think I'd probably agree with you too. It's just kind of like, um, it, it made me think of, um, you know, how people are like, oh, well, she was an overnight success, but like they didn't see the 10 years of time that she spent kind of leading up to, to it. And I, I think I feel the same way, right? Like even when I was laid off, what I learned, what I learned at my first job, which is the job I spent uh, most of the time at was how important it was to build relationships, right? Like that and a good firm handshake. <laughs> um, and that was really, I didn't know what it meant at the time, but I knew that it was a good thing to do, right? Building good relationships. And so I was pretty much nice to everyone that I met, right? Um, so that then when I got laid off from that job and to set the stage, I started the job when I was 17. I ended the job when I was 32. Oh, wow. This is me, never have been in the workforce, never have really been on an interview, never really had to put together a resume. So I was, it was hard. I was like, oh, interviews are hard and scary and I don't want to do them ever again. Um, but I felt like I was kind of put out in the deep end. Um, and like every interview, like at the time, I didn't even know what job I wanted. It was just, it was just kind of a mess. And um, I went on interviews and they, they were terrible. And like, I felt like I was getting all my practice done years after everyone else had had their practice just because of the situation I was in. But, you know, because of the relationships I had built, I was able to like a friend, a coworker slash friend called me said, Hey, I know this guy that works here. Can I send him your resume? And I'm like, sure. 
and that paved the way for me to get my next role, um, which a lot of people would call luck, right? Um, but it's not because it was me building that relationship with that one person. And over time, not just having a coffee with him one day, right? Building that relationship over time, uh, enough that he recommended me to a friend of his for another role, right? Um, and that's kind of how it works. And as you know, right, like it's not what you know, it's who you know, especially in the job search world. Um, so it's about building those relationships and, and taking the time to do that because you never know how it's going to manifest itself, right? Like you and I met at an event, right? Like who knew we would end up here Yeah. <laughs> today? <laughs> and I almost didn't go to that event. I really didn't. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Like that was one of those times and I tell this story all the time. I'm like, that was one of those nights where I wasn't going to go. It was cold. It oh. was snowy. It was far away. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it just so happened that a buddy of mine was on the panel with you. And uh, okay. for, for those listening, uh, Jess was on this amazing panel talking about careers and talking about, you know, building, you know, the job search and everything that goes into it. And so uh, mm -hmm. shouts to my buddy, Corey, who was on the panel with you. He's in a... Yeah. I think one of the second or third podcast episodes. Um, so go listen to his uh, his talk or his convo with us. But yeah, it was a great talk. And afterward, I was like, all right, now I got to go up and talk to the career coach on the panel because I'm a career coach. Build up your courage. Yep. Get up there. And you had like 10 people around you. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go home. Uh, it was just so awkward. And, and then finally, oh like, I just like hovered around long enough to be like, hey, I like where you work and what you do. How are you doing? Bye. <laughs> And you were so nice. You were just so nice to me. But yeah. Oh my gosh, you were a lot more confident than you're. <laughs> well, that's believe. what's in here, right? I was that's just like, ooh, you're you're a career coach. Oh my gosh, a fellow career coach. Like, right. You do and this for a living. Yeah, it's a, it's hard to find us in the wild. It's more and more easy to find us in the wild these days. But uh, at the time, it was definitely uh, few and far between to find other coaches. So. Um, but no, I, I, that is what's so funny, right? It's like you, you put yourself in these situations and, and, you know, sometimes you, you go home and there, that, that was the sure. whole thing and then nothing happened, but other times you, we have multiple podcasts together and I'm, and I get to watch you grow your newsletter to brand new heights. Yeah. So it's very cool. Yeah. What hey. for you were some of the things you, you kind of mentioned like you know, bad interviews and, and different things like that. But wh what are some of the points along the road that maybe you felt like I shouldn't even do this anymore? I shouldn't even keep doing this newsletter. Maybe I can just like toss to the side. Did you hit those points with your side hustles and your newsletters? Or were you always pretty consistent because you had the Twitter feed and you, you were kind of doing it already? I don't know. I think with the with the with the business side of the business, <laughs> if that makes sense, mm -hmm. um, I've always kind of been stuck in the sense of like, well, I've always had moments of clarity and moments of like, am I doing the right thing? Right. So um, the good thing about my background is like I have marketing and technology and business and yet I've been a career coach and I've done this and I've done that. Um, but sometimes it's hard to figure out, okay, what am I actually doing for my business? Um, and I've had, you know, some of these moments where it's like, okay, this service works and this is what I'm going to go with. And this is great. And then other times, like, what the heck was I thinking? Right? Like, this doesn't make sense. Um, but a lot of it too, is just like, as I, um, as my business life and my day job life kind of converged a little bit, 
um, it just kind of changed like what I wanted to do with my business too. It's like, it's like, okay, if I'm doing this as my day job, like what do I want to do as my business? Cause I kind of like the fact that they're different too. Um, so yeah, I have had the, those moments where it's like, what am I really offering people for this business? And I think I've had those moments of clarity and then I've had those moments of, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. And now what, now what do I do? Um, and I think that's why, like for the most part, like for the last few years, I haven't really had any services <laughs> for my business. It's just like, well, what do you do? I'm like, well, if you want to have a conversation, we can have a conversation, but like, like I'm not, I'm not really selling coaching services per se. Like I'm not really offering classes or courses or any of that. I'm just like, I'm just going to lean into this newsletter right now and then see where it takes me mainly because I'm still figuring out like I could do a number of things, but what makes the most sense for me and can honor the fact that this is a side hustle and I only have a limited amount of time and energy. Um, so I think the business side has always had a lot of that, like this isn't working. I don't know what to do, but it's like, it's become such a huge part of my identity that like I have to do something. Mm -hmm. um and then with the newsletter itself yeah I, I would probably say for the past three years it's kind of like oh my gosh like no one's reading this thing like I I haven't gotten above more than like maybe 200 and like I feel like for the last three years it's been between 250 to 300 subscribers I'm like is anybody even reading this thing like why am I spending the time to do this every week um and no one's reading, no one cares, <laughs> you know, just basically feeling sorry for myself. But then like something will happen where I'll run into somebody and they're just like, oh, newsletter. I'm like, you read my newsletter? Like you're on my list, <laughs> like really? Um, and sometimes it's hard because like, even though you're not getting that feedback or that engagement, like people are reading and people are watching whether you think they are or not. So um, I think for me, it's also like, well, I'm just, going to keep going because it's actually something I enjoy and if it helps one person right like it's it's worth it for me so so yeah I'm still here I love that yeah it, it reminds me <laughs> of how I feel about the live stream I do every morning um, yeah where I'm like it, it's funny because it, it hooks up to LinkedIn but it doesn't show me who's watching so I I, I have oh. no idea if anyone's watching I'm just like I get on and I start talking and like I'll only know if someone comments and then I'll be like, mm -hmm. oh, hey, someone's here. <laughs> and that's, I always find that to be so funny in a live setting because I'm always just like, you can just see my face get surprised like <laughs> that someone's watching. Um, but that that same like, thing, oh, it's hey. like, right, yeah. And I'm like, oh, cool. Hey, oh, I haven't talked to you in years. How you been? And like, um, and that, that uh, but that feeling of like, and this is, I think, where, where a lot of the stuff on the internet goes wrong because it's mm -hmm. so focused on views, so focused on likes, yes. so focused on monetization. And and it, I know for me, like it, it destroyed me early on. I wanted to make videos 10 years ago, but every video mm -hmm. I would make, I was trying to be like, Mr. Peppy, Poppy Boo. And like, and like, uh, and then I just realized like, well, no, just like literally just be yourself on camera, do your thing and move on. and. And I, I'm learning how, slowly but surely, learning how to treat it more like a daily practice or, or, or yes. you know, the way someone would working out or yoga or meditation or something like that, like treating the work I do in that way. So it's not 
it's not this big thing that I have to go and crush and, and get a bunch of likes from. It's something that mm-hmm. I do on a regular basis because it's part of the skill set that I bring to the table. And, and, you yeah. know, looking at the consistency you've brought to this over the years through any mm-hmm. highs and lows that you've seen, I, that's, I, I would assume you've been practicing it in that way quite a bit. Would you agree? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, I guess it's kind of like, you know, I did weekly mainly because at first I was like, well, I could do monthly or bi-weekly, but like, then I'd have to remember which weeks that I didn't do it and which weeks I had to do it, which actually would have created more work for me. Yes. I know it's counterintuitive. No, it's um, so, so true. That I makes perfect weekly, sense. Which is probably why you go daily. Yes. <laughs> because like, I'm like, is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? And then like, and then you go to put it on your calendar and you're like, all right, on Tuesdays, I'll go work out then. And then Wednesdays, I won't work out in the morning. And then Fridays, I'll sleep in. And it's like, I'm actually getting to a point where I'm like, should I just live stream on the weekends so that I keep my schedule? <laughs> like, yeah. I've, I've had that thought. So I 100% see where you're coming from on that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of that whole thing. So it's like, okay, this will be my consistent thing. Um, that it, it's, it's, but it's become this thing that I, I'm always thinking about too. It's like, every time I see something, should it go in the newsletter? Should it not go in the newsletter? And, you know, it's always in the back of my, my mind. And so I think what I've learned about it is, oh God, it's so hard because if people aren't replying or cheering or anything, you're just kind of like, am I just talking to like a black void? Um, but I think it's like those comments say oh this was great or whatever that you know kind of keep you going um and hey mom comments work too uh, <laughs> is there anyone that stands out <laughs> is there anyone that stands out that like surprised you that um that they were like oh i read this and i implemented it um yeah i had a friend um l'oreal who let's see we met i want to say we met on twitter but i could be wrong um, I think we were both like in, I think she was talking about side hustles and then I was talking about side hustles and she was coming to like 1871, um, which is this incubator in Chicago to do a talk on side hustles. And we're like, I was like, we should meet up. But anyway, um, we became friends out of that kind of communication. And, um, she learned about buffer through my newsletter and she said it's essentially changed her life and social media management. It's amazing. So yeah. she's always like, oh, I learned about Buffer from you. <laughs> I love it. I love Buffer. And it puts on, it, you know, and I think that's the other thing is it attracts like-minded people. And that's that's yes. another big reason why I've started doing the live stream. I've actually made it, I made a big shift with it of putting it on my personal YouTube um, in oh, order to be able to talk beyond careers. Because I, I mean, the podcast yeah. is like heavy on careers. And then I was like, mm-hmm. people were getting super confused. They're like, oh, I was watching your podcast yesterday morning. And I was like, the pod- the podcast or the live stream? I was getting confused as to what people were talking oh. about. So then I'm, mm-hmm. I tried to make a, a clean break between the two so that the live stream is much more about like philosophy and, and careers still, but like personal development and kind of more broadly, whereas... Uh, the podcast is much more career focused because it is it is an evolution and we have to keep changing these things as we grow and I think the cool part is like the one the the live stream is attracting a lot of people who are really interested in philosophy and stoicism and sort of interested in careers and then the podcast is just like heavy career so it's it's fun to kind of play with that and 
and listen to what people are saying or what, what they're calling out in order to continue that feedback loop in a way. What sort of like yeah. feedback have you gotten that's helped shape where you've taken it today? Um, well, so, okay, when I first started Just Picks, it was basically like, I don't even know, I think it was like my favorite like business productivity, essentially like a roundup of my favorite things I've read this week, right? Like it didn't really have a focus because I wasn't sure what it was going to become, but I'm just like, let's just do it and see what happens. Um, and then what happened was my day job at the time, I was um, leading a program for women startups, um, basically helping them get to the next level for their, um, for their technical company. Um, and then do, as part of that experience, first of all, I realized, hey, I can have a day job that I actually really love, which was cool. Um, but the second thing was uh, startup culture is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, we've we've touched on that briefly in some other ones. Uh, please <laughs> do did. tell. Please do tell. Oh my gosh. Um, so I guess I didn't really understand it until I was kind of in this program. So we, you know, we took these, you know, between 10 and 12 companies for a cohort over, you know, 12 to 16 weeks to really get them ready to um, get their businesses to the next stage, which often was venture capital. Um, but the problem was, I mean, we spend so much time trying to help these women get venture capital, but at the same time, we know that investors don't fund women-owned businesses. And it was just like, why are we spending so much time on this? So anyway, that led us to um, thinking about alternative options for financing instead of just VC, um, because that that is getting better, but that's it's gonna take some time. Um, the other thing is, I realized that um, a lot of the just startup culture in general is very much like, if you don't quit your job to start a business, you're not a real entrepreneur, which I just think is BS. Mm -hmm. um, and like a lot of people around me believe that. And I was like, that's not true. First of all, I consider myself a real entrepreneur and I didn't quit my job. And then second of all, not everybody can do that. Like, even if I right. wanted to do that, I have caregiving responsibilities. Like I have a dependent, I can't do that. I can't put my finances at risk to start a business. And so it just made me so mad because I was just like, oh, this is so frustrating. And then the thing that really got me going was these women who were in this program who essentially were full-time entrepreneurs. And they would come to me after some time and say, Jess, I'm sorry, I had to get a job. And I'm just like, that's okay. But they felt like mm. complete failures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay that I would be disappointed because they had to get a job. And I was just like, we just need to change the conversation about this because it made me so mad because it's just like, you feel like a failure because you have to go get a job when that could not be further from the truth. And I think that's why, that was a big part of the reason why I'm like, we need to talk more about side hustles because this is crazy, just crazy. Like if, if women would start as a side hustle without quitting their job, they could build it up to the point where they'd feel more comfortable taking the leap and taking that risk. Um, but they would have done so much of the work of the like, um, what is it? Uh, product market fit and, and mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. They could have done all that while they're working their day jobs so that by the time they get to the point where they're doing consistent income, they can kind of take it from there versus like trying to 
quit their job and then live off their savings and make all this happen in such a short time. So anyway, I will get off my soapbox now. But, no, um, I love your soapbox. Like this is what that, I think that. people people need to hear this. Keep going. It just made me so mad. So yeah, so that's why I wanted to talk more about side hustles and give side hustles more of an alternative to um, just doing the startup route. So when I kind of had that epiphany, um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to target my newsletter towards side hustlers. Like, I don't know what else I'm going to do, but I want to focus on side hustlers. And I started changing a lot of my messaging to be about helping side hustlers get started because at that point I had been a side hustler for probably five years. Um, so I was like, well, if, if anything I learned can help other people, then that's where I want to focus. And um, so, yeah, so that was one of the big changes. So it got a lot more focus, right? So tips and resources for side hustlers. And um, I think since then, like, it's just like, I kind of try to pay attention to like what people are clicking on, um, what people like to see. So I include a lot of stuff on self-care um, in there, which people really resonate with, mainly because I've struggled with it a lot. Um, and uh, I also realized that, which was surprising to me that like, you know, after doing a couple surveys of people who read my newsletter, like the, the part that they love the most is like my personal note at the beginning, which I would have never guessed that that would be the part that they would like the most. I thought they were coming for the articles or the resources or whatever. Um, but they appreciate like me sharing my journey and my hard days and my great days and all that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, so I just kind of like try to pay attention to those things um, to kind of improve and try and tweak things. That's awesome. Yeah, I like that you're listening and, and even surveying people, yeah. right? Like we have to get yeah. that feedback somehow. I'm constantly mm -hmm. like sitting down and saying like, I, uh, you know, is this resonating? Is this not I'm talking to my partner talking to the random person that messaged me and said, I really like today's episode. And I'm like, you listen, great. I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions. Um, and like Absolutely. That, that feedback is so key because otherwise, you know, it does become kind of like a, uh, just an empty room. And like, I, I don't know if you have the same brain as I do, but it just starts running in a million directions. And so it's good yes. to have something that grounds you. Um, For sure. Otherwise but, you're going to try like 5,000 different things, which may not necessarily make sense because you're like, no one's commenting. I need comments. Yeah. I need yeah. I, I was even like, I, I don't even know how to describe what I was doing six months ago on the live stream, but it, <laughs> it got a little bit out there and someone actually commented, they're like, can we get back to like <laughs> the other stuff? And I was like, yeah, all right. All right. I hear you. I hear you. Um, and so that's super fun, but let's go back to that. It's soapbox. actually a good test actually. Oh, that's, to that's do something test, totally actually. crazy yeah, <laughs> and see who's listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I've even changed the name of it like seven times, but I'm going nice. to try not to do that this year. Um, okay. When it comes to, uh, let's, I, I want to go back to what you were talking about with startups, because I think that that's so sure. important and it plays into what you did with the newsletter too, right? You're slow builds over time. And I think one of the big things that people overlook whether it's the world of entrepreneurship or even jobs, because you've worked, you know, you've worked in the, in the field of career changers where people will mm -hmm. quit their job to do a career change. And I've done that. Yeah. I've, I've done that for entrepreneurship and I've done that for a career change and it's fun and it's exciting. And it has a lot of, it, it gives you an urgency that maybe mm -hmm. wouldn't be there otherwise. And sometimes people won't act unless they are in like 
their hair is on fire. And so sure. like there is that, but there's also the dark side, right? Where I, I can't count the number of times people have come to me and been like, I didn't plan my finances outright and I'm starting to pay off these loans and I'm not even close to getting a job yet. And I'm like, well, we haven't, we didn't do the planning right up front. We didn't do the job search right in the process of a pandemic hit, which we weren't ready sure. for and all these different yeah. things. And so, you know, so often, you know, we try and do these big career, almost like trash our life and start fresh, or I've, I've definitely done that. And I think, you know, as I look forward in my career and I look at what other people are doing, I really think these like long five-year, 10-year transitions are the smart mm -hmm. way to go where you do little moves every day over mm -hmm. year periods, multi-year periods until you get, you find yourself in a new place. And that takes away the pressure to come up with the right answer right off the bat, yes. right? Because what ends up happening yes. when you just jump, you know, both feet in is that you end up making the wrong decision. And, you know, the mm -hmm. cliche is go to law school and then drop out with 200K in debt, right? And so what, what, what's, what other sort of things have you seen um, kind of, well, sorry, I want to just get back to that point you made of like, just because you have to go get a job doesn't mean you stop being an entrepreneur. And yes. it actually is even smart for an entrepreneur to get a job to fund their entrepreneurial activities. And, and one of my favorite quotes is, um, use your job as your first ca venture capitalist. Like, take that money and put it that. into your side hustle. So um, I just wanted to yeah. reiterate that point you made, because I think, you know, some people who are looking to make a career change, they will feel bad if they have to go get a, a job driving Uber or whatever it is to pay the right. bills. And I'm like, pay the bills, pay the bills so we can exactly. calm down enough to actually focus on the search versus like frantically trying to get something. Well, yeah, because people can sense when you're desperate too, right? Like you don't want to appear desperate when you're, you know, as a business or as a job searcher, it's like, mm -hmm. it's just not a good place to be. So, um, yeah, do it, do what you got to do. I mean, I've done Postmates, right? Like, you know, I've, I've had a rough time in transition sometimes and I've done Postmates and I have no shame. I was just like, okay, well, I don't drive and I don't bike. So I was the walker. Oh, wow. Postmates walker. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to walk during my lunch and get some exercise and make a little money. And that was nice. cool. And it was great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think there's a lot of judgy people in the world um, who need to keep their opinions to themselves um, because no one knows like what you have to do or what your experiences are, even what your finances are. So, I mean, if you kind of have to cobble together a few things um, until whatever hits, that's totally fine. Whether that's a new job, you know, a new, um, or, you know, getting funding for your business or waiting for the business to take off. Like there's no shame in, um, kind of supplementing your income some other way. And I think unfortunately there's shamers in the world. So let's not listen to them. Listen yeah, to us. Absolutely. Yeah, listen to us too. And yeah. and I love that you brought up our our old word, which is the cobbler life. That was yeah. that was we bonded over the hashtag cobbler yes. life a while back. We did. We did. <laughs> Just constantly, I don't know, next month I'm gonna get a new contract. We'll see what happens and make it all fit together. Um, yeah. So yeah. And so now that you're at this point, 
Um, yeah. And you've started to, uh, you know, you've got advertising in your newsletter now. You're you're getting mm-hmm. it out there. Um, what are the plans for the future? Where do you hope to take it? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I mean, I want to continue growing it um, because I feel like my newsletter is something really special. Um, and sure, I'm biased. It's true. Um, but I feel like I want more people to be able to read it because I think that what I am able to show people is that in my wacky cobbler life that I have is that there's not one way to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can, like I have two day jobs and a side hustle, right? Like people don't do that normally. Um, but I think because I do that and I'm also caregiving and balancing a bunch of other stuff, like I, I give people permission indirectly to see what else they can do, right? Like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of people come to me and they're just like, oh, um, well, I want to kind of be an entrepreneur, but like, you know, finances are kind of weird. Um, it's like, well, why don't you get a part-time job? I mean, you can still be an entrepreneur. Like, there's not one way, right? Like, but I don't think people think about it because they don't see a lot of examples of it. Um, and so I just want more people to feel like they can... Um, just kind of like choose to design their own life in a way that makes sense. Um, so like I, I have close to 900 subscribers right now. Um, nice. So I'm hoping to double that this year, which would be great. Well, the goal is 1500. Everyone 1500, listening, go subscribe, yes. go subscribe yes, right go now. Subscribe, go subscribe. We're going we're gonna, to link to your LinkedIn here and you can get to it all from LinkedIn. Yes. Um, but yeah, um, so continue growing it. Um, maybe um, I'm starting to get into sponsorships with my newsletter as well. So sponsorships and advertising. Um, but I also am looking into creating some trainings, right, to go along with that. So I think it's just a matter of continuing to build on the foundation that I've started um, and uh, seeing what comes next. I mean, I think there's a lot of newsletter companies out there. I'm still not sure what all that means <laughs> because there's some like Morning Brew and The Hustle and The Skim and it's like they're a media company, but I'm not even sure what that means. And do I wanna have a media company? I'm not sure. So it's, um, uh, I just kind of wanna learn more about like this new newsletter business that's kind of came about in the past couple of years uh, and then see what makes sense for me. Um, because one of the things I have to continuously remind myself of is just because all those guys are doing it doesn't mean I have to do it. I can still do it in a way that makes sense for me. Um, so it's just a matter of like surrounding myself with other newsletter creators um, and then seeing, okay, what else do I want to try or what else makes sense for um, you know, this community I'm trying to build. And I really appreciate you sharing your personal journey along. I'll, I'll, I'll add in my feedback with all your readers as well. Because um, <laughs> like you said, you know, it's not, people don't show that side. They don't show yeah. the cobbling together of a lot of things and, and all the personal sure. stuff that you're doing. And and all, all people see is like, you know, the 16 year old on Instagram who's got a Ferrari who says like, oh, just follow your pets and then they try and sell you some BS. And that I think yeah. is unfortunate. And I got, I opened TikTok the other day and I was like, oh no, delete again. And it's, it's, it's it like- It makes you think that you're somehow behind. It's like, what yeah. have I been doing with my life? <laughs> and again, it's like behind 
what? Like, right. what are we actually behind on if we're doing things that we enjoy, if we're connecting with people, if we're building stuff? You know, exactly. I think that, again, going back to that process and that long-term mindset, I think if we try and, you know, think too short term, we end up hurting our ability to be doing this 10 years from now. And so yes, um, I really appreciate you sharing your side of things. And, and I do think there needs to be more voices like that. So um, thanks for, for jumping on today and talking with us. Thank you for having me. I had yeah. a great time as always. Absolutely. Where, where can people find you? Um, techbizgirl.com uh, is pretty much where my uh, online presence. And then I'm techbizgirl in a couple places online. Um, but you can subscribe to the newsletter. It's everywhere. Uh, the newsletter is called Just Fix. It's great. Um, I know Martin's going to link my LinkedIn so you can find it from there. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much and uh, happy new year. Happy New Year. Thanks, Martin. Thanks so much for stopping by this episode of the Career Therapy Podcast. It's been a pleasure having you. And if you're curious about what we do here at Career Therapy, head on over to www.careertherapy.com to see all of our coaching options, resources, and links to other things we got going on. If you would like to share your story on this podcast, something that you've gone through, a transition you've experienced in your career, whether it's getting a job after college or going through a layoff or getting back into the workforce after raising your family, we would love to hear from you. Head over to linkedin.com slash in slash Martin McGovern and shoot me a DM. Let me know what's going on and I'd really like to share your story with the world. What we're trying to do here is really normalize the emotional side of the job search because we all go through it. We all have tough times in our careers and sharing these stories really helps people feel less alone and feel more empowered to take their career back into their own hands and make something of it. So thank you again for stopping by. If you'd like to leave a like or a comment, subscribe or share, or leave us a review on iTunes, and I think maybe even Spotify, we'd really appreciate it. Best of luck to you in all of your career endeavors, and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers.